When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. They give it to Roger. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Four-man Alabama rush. Got him. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Technique, a college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. Today, talking all things Ohio State recruiting. They apparently are on top of the college football world. Louisville makes a splash. NCAA 23 is coming back. And we have shout outs to our Twitter people as well in today's episode. I'm Mitch Mason, joined across the way on the ones and twos by Mr. Trey Reeves. What's up, Trey? What's up, everybody? Um, anybody that wants to join the NIL witch hunt that is leaving for Louisville, Kentucky, um, the line forms here. So just join right behind me. <laughs> all, all, all aboard. Seats going fast. Act now. Uh, Mr. Garrett Turney also joining us today. Garrett, what's up, man? Uh, not too much. I'm not as upset about this as Trey is, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a trip to Louisville. Not upset. Not upset. <laughs> no, I think he failed shot. At, yeah, I don't think sure, any of sure. us are, are upset. And I think as we get into this discussion, it's going to be kind of abundantly clear that Louisville, at least from an NIL perspective, uh, belongs in the conversation with the big boys, um, much to the chagrin of uh, the Texases and USC's of the world on the Twitterverse. But we'll get to that uh, coming up before we jump into today's episode. Uh, I tell you what, you guys have been responding in spades to our social content on uh, Instagram and Twitter at 3TechPod. We received a wave of new followers, so thank you guys so much for that. We're actually going to have some shout-outs to some of you lovely people that have interacted with us later on in the episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, as we mentioned on Instagram and Twitter, once we hit 100 followers on each platform, we'll be doing a giveaway. I'm leaning towards uh, kind of feeding my own personal addiction, which is ordering mini helmets, and I'm thinking potentially that could be a very easy thing to give away, uh, whether it's, you know, kind of a, a, a mini helmet uh, that's decided by a poll or we just kind of decide which team we're going to be giving away. Um, I've you guys can attest to the fact that I've been going hog wild on Amazon ordering uh, ordering several mini helmets. So anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But head over, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We post content on a daily basis, a lot of polls, a lot of questions for you guys to answer. And, uh, you know, as uh, most of you that have now started following us know, if you, you know, comment or, or give us a take, usually you're going to get a shout out. You're going to get some sort of feature. So just a little extra incentive. And if you want to email the show as well, 3techpod at gmail.com uh, over there. But fellas, a lot of recruiting news broke this week. And we have kind of two parts here. Ohio State and Louisville stole most of the headlines. The Rices of the world had a lot of commitments after official visits. Shout out to the Rice Owls. But Ohio State is wide receiver you, and I don't think there's much debate here. Uh, Brandon Innes, five-star wide receiver from American Heritage in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Carnell Tate from IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, both five stars. The, what, I think number two and number three receivers in the country, depending on where you look, have both committed to Brian Hartline and the Ohio State in all caps. Uh, we'll talk e about that in a second. The it, fellas, it, it feels like it's Ohio State and everyone else when it comes to receiver recruiting. You think about the receiver room that they have right now. 
Um, I believe Ohio State, before Brian Hartline took over as the wide receivers coach, had only recruited like two or three five-star receivers ever. And now Hartline has six in his very short time with the Buckeyes. I mean, gosh, what what do you say about it at this point? The rich get richer, right? I mean, Hartline has proven time and time again that he is going to take whoever he wants. And no matter where they're located in the country, he's come into Texas, he's come into Florida, he's gotten more local guys. If there's a talented wide receiver, they're going to have Ohio State at the top of their board, not only because of Heartline, but because they've shown they can get them to the league too. I mean, they had two first-round picks this year, and that's what guys ultimately want to do. If they're rated a five-star prospect in high school, they are projected to be at the top of the draft class in a couple of years. So Ohio State knows how to get them into Columbus, onto campus, and get them to the league. So it's a really attractive situation, especially with Heartline being the great recruiter that he is. Well, and, and Trey, to your point, you know, <laughs> Jameson Williams transferred to Alabama for that last season, for, for last year. So yeah. Ohio State really could claim kind of three wide receivers in part, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams, who all went in that first round of the draft. Uh, the development that they've had, the, the ability for, you know, and they've had pretty consistent quarterback play for the last decade or so as well. I think that certainly helped. Um, but the ability for all these wide receivers to get touches, to get the ball, to make big plays in big moments, not just against the Rutgers and the Indianas of the world when when they've kind of been the doormats for Ohio State. You know, I mean, gosh, it feels like every single Saturday, Ohio State's playing at 11 a.m. and they're just throttling a conference opponent once you get to October and November. And you can always count on that 11-15 break to the studio where Ohio State's quarterback is throwing a 70-yard touchdown pass to... <laughs> insert wide receiver here right I mean the safety is just nowhere to be found and it's you know it, it's, a, it's a Buckeye wide receiver in the end zone so it has been impressive and it's it's something that I think maybe only Alabama has been able to rival from a production standpoint but even Alabama doesn't normally have two to three guys they've usually got you know a Jamison Williams and company but Ohio State now really no matter where you line up the X, Y, or the Z receiver, it's a guy that's going to be playing on Sunday. Yeah. And for those big 10 defensive backs who, I mean, I think to your point, usually when you see the highlights, they're nowhere to be found. It's just (laughs) poison, right? Like Ohio state's offense isn't going away anytime soon because the defenses in that league aren't really evolving to cover those wide receivers either. Well, and everyone's talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba for this year, obviously, but they still got Marvin Harrison Jr. on campus. They're bringing these two guys in. Like, these guys are stacked at the wide receiver position. They get who they want to get. They consistently put them in the league. Uh, It's just – it's not a good recipe if you are any defense in the Big Ten trying to uh, cover these guys or stay relevant. Yeah, and when a guy like Jamison Williams leaves your program – because yep. he can't get playing time that he desires. <laughs> that's, that's just a testament to how stacked you are, right? Well, and, you know, the other thing is that Ohio State's done a good job of keeping most of their guys in-house, right? They don't have a lot of highly recruited wide receiver transfers leaving the program, like a Marvin Harrison Jr., who, uh, you know, has his dad's name, one of the most popular receivers to ever play in the NFL, and yet he wasn't making an immediate impact the, you know, the first day that he stepped on campus. It's going to take time. And these guys realize that much like Alabama players seem to realize, look, if I'm going to Alabama, it is a four-year decision. I may not play much my freshman and sophomore year. Junior year may be the first year that I get to start. And then by senior year, I'm an All-American, you know, getting ready to go in the top 15 of the NFL draft. Those are the conveyor belts, the production pipelines that the best in this sport cultivate. And if they can get guys to stay loyal throughout their entire collegiate career, now with this transfer portal uh, hype that we talked about in the last episode, you're going to have these monster programs continue to thrive, continue to do well, 
even with the transfer portal being a viable option. It's all about the culture. It's all about the relationships that these coaches cultivate with their players. And I think that's what you're seeing, you know, with Alabama and now with Ohio State's wide receiver room. Yeah, and Hartline, just like we've said, can't say enough about his ability to target these guys and build these relationships and just build a dominant position group. Like, it's maybe one of the best recruiting and coaching jobs that we've ever seen. Obviously, when you get the type of talent that he's gotten, it makes on-campus coaching a lot easier. But from a talent development standpoint, draft results, and just recruiting standpoint, you got to mention Hartline and maybe the best position coach. I don't know of all time. That might be a stretch, but definitely of his generation. He's making a case for it. And so surprising, too, because, you know, he was good in college. Then he goes, plays for the Miami Dolphins. He was a good NFL receiver, not necessarily, you know, world-breaking, top-ten receiver in the league type of guy, but a really good, solid NFL wide receiver. And then he gets hired to go do this. And for me personally, I was looking at that as kind of a a head-scratching hire just to start. Uh, But then, I mean, he's turned into this guy who it seems like if he shows up at your high school trying to recruit you, you're going to end up playing for the Buckeyes. You know, and you look at the two guys that we're talking about specifically right now, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate, 6'2", 185, uh, the number three receiver in the country, according to the 247 composite, five-star, 98.58 rating, um, the 28th player, best player in the country. Uh, and then Brandon Ennis is six foot 190, again, 98.9, 247 composite rating, the number two receiver in the country the 18th ranked player nationally. The other thing that I noticed when I was looking over this is it's not like Ohio state is hurting for receivers, like just on the roster in general, Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate both committed over sec powers like Alabama, Tennessee was right there for Carnell Tate. I tell you what the vol nation, uh, it felt like they were just kicked in the, the gut yesterday or two days ago, I guess, when when Tate committed because there had been so much steam uh, with Carnell going to Rocky Top. But you look at the receiver groups on these rosters. Right now, Ohio State has 14 receivers in that room. LSU has eight. Tennessee has 11. Alabama has 11. It's not like these guys in Tate and Ennis are, are just kind of a different caliber. So they're, they might be utilized earlier on in the process than, you know, some other wide receivers, but it, it's not like they're going to a program that has a thin depth chart at any of the three wide receiver positions. They truly, like I just said, are going to commit to the program that is the Ohio state university. Well, a lot of times you'll see these guys that are younger, they'll look up and they'll see, you know, an upperclassman who's maybe on his way out, but is projected to be a high level draft pick. And they think, let me go sit there and learn what he does. Right. A lot of times it's let me see what this guy does. How does he run his routes? How does he make his breaks? What are the little moves he uses to get open? And then they'll look at that and say, hey, I want to imitate that. And so they'll go to a room that's maybe a little bit more stacked or crowded because they know that, you know, yeah, you're a good player. You're coming out of high school. You got all the talent, all the tools in the world, but you still have stuff to learn if you want to make it to the NFL. I think that's the kind of cool thing about the culture they have going on with their wide receivers specifically is that there there hasn't been really a gap the last several years in terms of uh, having a really, really good upperclassman, but then nobody behind them to learn. Uh, and it, it just seems like they keep stacking talent one on top of the next, and those guys keep learning and keep getting better, right? I mean, uh, you were sitting here talking about like, okay, Michael Thomas is good, and then you see the next guy comes in, he's even better. And now we're talking about Garrett Wilson going off and doing his thing, and Chris Olave going off and doing his thing. But now maybe Jackson Smith and Jig was even better than them, mm-hmm. right? We don't know how much better it can get, but it seems like they keep passing something along so that the younger guys start off better than where they were when they came in sure that rose bowl game was stupid from jackson smith and Big Red. <laughs> a ridiculous performance the ultimate coming out party likely the top wide receiver um at least right now in the the mock drafts going forward to 2023 last thing that we can say on ohio state we've been kind of joking about it here ohio state today was awarded the trademark to the word the in all caps t-h-e the 
before Ohio State University, right? There's always been a, a joke that Ohio State defends their title as the Ohio State University. Twitter has had a field day with that. And, you know, now typically when people refer to it, it's lowercase t-o-s-u, just to delineate. Today, they were awarded the trademark to the word the in all caps. It's them in like a, a high school apparel company, some smaller apparel company, right, uh, that can exclusively use the word the on apparel, on merchandise. Th- this was a three-year legal court battle. Um you know, I wrote a LinkedIn post about this because it's uh, very pertinent to what I do for a living. But uh, fellas, what do we think? Is this is this actually a good thing for Ohio State or is this just going to become a Twitter meme? I think it's mostly a meme. I think it's hilarious that they've dragged this <laughs> out legally. And it, I mean, it's a great publicity stunt, right? Sure. Like, obviously, we're talking about the Ohio State University um in the middle of june but it's a joke man like i i just you know of all the things obviously it's not high on the list of things that are going on in our country but you know the government stepping in and uh handing this over is just fascinating um that that's all i really have to say about it yeah i mean congratulations buckeyes you kind of sort of own the most popular word in the English language, but only when it's all caps. So I guess the rest of us will have to get creative with the way that we capitalize our these going forward. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Congrats, Buckeyes, if that's really what you needed. I'm I'm happy that you found it. Yeah. uh, According to my research today, the word the is the most popular word in the English language shows up about 5% of the time in every 100 words, which doesn't sound like a lot until you actually start speaking or writing and counting those words and all of a sudden the is uh is is impossible to avoid the the short linkedin post that i wrote and put together uh, i think i used it eight times unironically in a 109 word blurb so (laughs) right on right on pace there a little ahead of schedule actually um for the percentages but uh yeah just kind of a comical comical little battle like what i don't i don't really understand why that needed to happen, but you know, Hey, congrats to Ohio state, the Ohio state. My, yeah. My if you're, if you're a fan of the Ohio state university and you want to tell us about why this is so important to you guys, please write in. Uh, we're confused a little bit, maybe not, you know, how to fix Kusa confused, but uh, we're definitely confused on why you guys needed this so much. So yeah, just write in, let us know. Well, and also I just want everyone to know, rest assured um, the three technique will not be yielding we are keeping. (laughs) you can take us to court ohio state we will show up ready to fight we are the three technique and we refuse to yield (laughs) i think i mean thankfully we don't capitalize the um i think their lawyers might have a little bit more time and money on their side than uh than ours do but do not underestimate us we are We would show up to the court looking like that scene from Animal House whenever, you know, they have that like trial and the guys are all sitting there and they're like, I thought you were pre-med. He's like, no, it's pre-law. He's like, what's the difference? Yeah. 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 That'd be what we'd look like showing up to that hearing. Yeah. Well, if any of our listeners are lawyers, um, 3techpod at gmail.com. Send us a CV (laughs) and uh, we may may need your services. (laughs) Um, All right, so from Ohio State just a bit south, staying kind of in the Midwest, we go to Kentucky, specifically Louisville, Kentucky, where Ruben Owens, five-star running back from El Campo, Texas, and number one running back in the class, has committed to the Cardinals. Now, this is a bit of a shock, considering he's got a 99% uh, rating on 247, the lead experts overwhelmingly were projecting him to Texas. Uh, Texas had a 65% chance, according to their uh, aggregate experts. Uh, A&M, Oklahoma, also there in the mix. But he shocks the world and goes to, or at least has committed to Louisville. Now, signing day, long way off. Very, very long way off. But you have to, it has to be said, Louisville suddenly making a lot of noise in the 2023 Uh, consensus rankings they're up to number 11 right now they also got a commit from deandre moore jr four-star wide receiver from uh, los alamitos california 
So suddenly the Cardinals have a little bit of juice behind them, fellas. Yeah, and I, I kind of joked on the intro that I'm the leader of the witch hunt, and I fully joking, just want to put that out there. But <laughs> shout out to Louisville, man. I think this is what the hope was in the NIL landscape is that it would provide a little bit of parity. And we're seeing that a little bit with the Cardinals who, you know, haven't had, obviously they've had a lot of success recently and especially in the Lamar Jackson years, but definitely since Lamar Jackson left town, haven't, haven't been lighting the world on fire. Yeah. Mitch is making a downward motion with his hand and that's <laughs> correct. Absolutely. And Scott <laughs> even his tenure has been, rocky to say the least since he's gotten into town but louisville i think it it was so funny to me that guy uh i think he was a texas fan that was replying to one of our tweets just got ratioed into oblivion i felt so bad (laughs) for him he he was calling out saying that louisville you know wasn't a school that could compete in that landscape and all the fans of louisville were just jumping on him reminding him of how many you know major corporations are headquartered in louisville kentucky it's not just horse racing bourbon and baseball bats you've got uh, a lot of food companies obviously uh the kfc yum center sponsors their basketball arena louisville has a lot of potential in this space and i think they're flexing their muscle thing that was interesting to me just pulling up the team rankings they they are ranked 11th that's with only 10 commits right now. Ten, yeah. uh, nine of the 10 teams ahead of them have more commits, and the only team, uh, USC, right in front of them, has the same exact number. So average prospect rating, that is elite, elite recruiting, especially for the ACC. Yeah, and I mean, again, you kind of touched on it. Louisville's not exactly in a bad area when it comes to having money available in the NIL era. I was looking through a, a list of their, you know, different uh, companies that are headquartered there and have big presence there. There's a whole lot of spots that are kind of surprising. A couple that I noted Humana is there. They got plenty of money. Papa John's is headquartered there. So and I think Papa John's is the former sponsor, at least of their state. They lost that sponsorship. So, but still, I mean, they do have Papa John's available uh, to do an IL. I don't know. know I'm just saying they are available to, resolve their differences so to speak uh but no i mean like we're we're still talking about loads and loads of companies that are headquartered in this area that can help them um with the nil landscape right there's plenty to be done there and so why not louisville right again they're in an acc that's a little bit of a vacuum at the top with maybe clemson falling off a little bit maybe not looking as good as they have in previous years so why not louisville it's a good point. It's a good point. Aaron Torres of the Aaron Torres pod um, tweeted out, uh, Trey, like you were talking about, t- tweeted out an original message saying, quote, I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything, but Louisville getting two five-star guys in the class of 2023, which it's really only one, but um, one from Texas and then the four-star DeAndre Moore from California is way more suspicious than anything Texas A&M did in its 2022 class. Hope Nick Saban has the same energy for Louisville, he did for AM. So I responded, it's different for sure, but suspicious in all quotes probably isn't the right word. As you said somewhere in the thread, NIL is the name of the game right now. Agree on Saban. If you've been on a witch hunt in the SEC, then you're obligated to head north tonight. And that was the uh, that that tweet got several responses, one of which was from a, a Texas Longhorns fan who said, Yeah, Louisville has no no, no business competing in the NIL space when he was very, very much wrong on that. And Trey, like you said, he got ratioed into oblivion. So the the way it stands, I have absolutely no issue with Louisville, you know, flexing NIL muscle, getting these top recruits. Like, I don't see this happening. I don't see Ruben Owens going there and immediately have alarm bells going off. Is it different? Sure. But at the same time, Louisville has been making some noise in the recruiting space since Pierce Clarkson, their you know perceived quarterback of 2023 committed, took out a billboard in downtown Louisville to announce his commitment, and he has been a big-time cheerleader and a big-time recruiter himself for the rest of these guys in this class. So you know we talked about this a couple of times when we addressed NIL and Texas A&M versus Alabama. The people that are overreacting and just immediately saying, this is all NIL or this is all cheating, this is all tampering, are just flat out wrong. You do not understand 
the business of college football. You don't understand the direction of college football, to put it quite honestly. This is literally a field that I work in. Uh, so yeah, is NIL having having some effect? Of course it is. Of course, it, Louisville rolls out like a Lamborghini with you know tinted windows and, and bright red rims on it. Of course, there is a swag factor that different schools bring with different NIL opportunities. Just ask Quinn Ewers, who's driving, what is it? Is it a Ferrari? What's he driving now with all burnt orange interior? Is he the one with the G-Wagon? I think he has a G-Wagon. No, that was... Um, no, I, I think he got a... Is it Alfa Romeo is what he's driving now? I'm not exactly... I think I remember some seeing some big-time like luxury brand, yeah. Anyway, he's driving something nice, nicer right, than me. Right. The, the point is, NIL absolutely has an effect on it, but... To just say that's the only reason why Ruben Owens is going to Louisville? No, absolutely not. Is Louisville going to be a player in the NIL scene? Can they provide some sweet opportunities? Absolutely. Are they at the top of the mountain? Can they cut the biggest check from you know from their sponsors or from businesses in Louisville? Probably not. If it's only NIL, if it is only about the dollar figures and the amount, uh, you know, heading to the bank account from these boosters, from these businesses that are helping these kids get NIL opportunities, then it wouldn't be Louisville getting this top top running back, right? But because it's not black and white, because it is all these different factors combined with the fact, sure, are Ruben Owens and DeAndre Moore Jr. going to get some cool NIL opportunities? Count on it. Do not doubt that for a second. But to just say that Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why is he going to Louisville? It just must be a huge cash infusion. I think that's incredibly short-sighted. And and like I said, I I would say you don't understand how all of this is working. There's so many more things at play. Well, and these are going to be the same people that are going to say we need more parity in college football, but then they're mad that Louisville gets a couple five-star guys. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, you can't say, oh, players deserve to be paid for their efforts. And then also say we need more parity in college football and then say, well, the solution to that is just expand the playoff or something like, no, this is working right now to give us more parity, right? Like a just signed the number one class. Notre Dame is having a big class. They might ascend to the top as well. Yep. Uh, you know, and Louisville here with a couple of five stars, like why shouldn't we mix it up a little bit and allow some of these other schools that maybe they don't have the long term, you know, brand name the big blue blood you know all that like why can't we let a louisville or you know an a&m or someone like that jump up and then take that over like why can't we let that happen right if we want parity and if we just want the blue bloods and we want to watch the playoff as bama and ohio state and all that forever cool we can do that i guess but if we do want parity if we want to see other teams it's gonna mean you know nil stuff is gonna have to come alongside and help some of these other schools bring in five-star talent yeah, and that's why calling it suspicious or calling it fishy or saying, you know, it's just ignorant. Like, it, those are the rules. These are the rules that we have all agreed to play under. And if the program that you're following isn't equipped to follow those rules, well, sorry, then hire someone else that's ready to ready to follow those rules and ready to weaponize that. So, I mean... You're exactly right, Garrett. Like the the parody thing, college football is probably the easiest sport in the world that could be monopolized by a couple of teams. And we've seen that in recent years just because there's nothing to naturally even out the talent, right? We talked about with Ohio State, the rich are just getting richer, especially with the wide receiver position. There's nothing that's, there's no draft where Akron gets to go take that number one receiver instead of Ohio State. Like that's just not how it works in college football. So a team like Louisville being in a big city that doesn't have any professional sports teams, I think they have a minor league baseball team and that's it. Louisville athletics are the big thing in town. And that's a prime situation where NIL is going to help. You have a lot of people, a lot of marketability, a lot of businesses that want to help out the hometown team and want to make them into a contender, a national contender. Like, just helping them get to nine wins, that would be cool. But why not achieve? Why not strive for more? Why not achieve for more? And the w- way that that just really triggers a lot of people nationally just really doesn't make any sense to me. You're, you're, you're spot on with that. Like, I just have no idea why, on one hand, you would complain and like just 
hand ring over the fact that we get Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, all those teams in the playoff every year. And at the other side of your mouth say, oh, no, Louisville, you can't you can't do that. Why? You must be cheating. Like, no, <laughs> you want parity. This is how you get parity. And you might not like the that people decide to throw millions of dollars around to get high school athletes to go to a school that they want. But guess what? That's America. You can do that. You can do whatever you want with your money in this country. Yeah. It's not illegal, right? So, well, yeah. You know, and you're talking about the word suspicious that they're using there. I mean, is it more suspicious than what A&M did? Maybe, but only in the sense that neither were very suspicious at all. So I guess we're kind of picking between two things way down here. I mean, to compare it to, you know, on the field stuff, that'd be like if you had a dual threat quarterback and you run a five wide and a quarterback draw. That's not suspicious. That's just playing to your strengths. Like, that's not, I don't get what we're doing here. Play to your strengths. If you're not the team that can go out there and win the conventional way on the football field, you're going to find your playmakers and you're going to do that, right? You're going to figure out what works for you and you're going to run your offense. Same way off the field. If you're not the team that can just walk in and say, hi, I'm Nick Saban. Here's seven rings. Come play for Bama. If you're not that team, Find a way to recruit guys to your school, right? Go get your guys. What can you sell? And some schools, that's that might be NIL. And I'm not saying that that's the only reason Ruben Owens and these guys are right, right. Louisville. They probably have very good secondary or maybe even primary reasons to choose Louisville. But NIL can certainly help, and we've seen yeah, that. Lamar Jackson already. says hello. Yeah, like you can if you're Scott Satterfield, you can pitch. Hey, we have we have won a Heisman in the last decade. We have almost yep. gotten there. And yeah, we, we need to see the talent spread out more. I think that would be good for the sport. I think getting more powers outside of the traditional hotbeds. And I know Kentucky is in the South, but you you don't necessarily think of Louisville, Kentucky, when you think of college football country. And I think getting more powerful teams outside of those traditional footprints, like the South, like Texas, like, Ohio is it's only good for the sport we don't want this to shrink back into a sport that only one region of the country cares about right well from Louisville and Ohio State maybe back to Louisville and Ohio State as we transition to I guess what it's going to be EA college football 2023 no longer the NCAA franchise but gentlemen we are getting a college football game again in July of 2023. Matt Brown of Extra Points, uh, he reports on all things basically sports business in the college landscape has been all over this and confirmed a couple days ago that indeed EA is looking to drop this game in July of 2023, which I know has us really excited. Trey and I still actively play NCAA 14. <laughs> Uh, I have and, a game on pause currently. <laughs> on my case, case in point. Um, but you know, obviously, the the reason that this went away was because uh, players and schools demanded, "Hey, we need to be paid for this," and it wasn't legal for EA to do that. Now it is, and so the game is making a return. Uh, right now, there are about 120 schools that are signed on the dotted line to be included in that game. That includes the new. FCS programs who are coming over to the Sun Belt for next year, like James Madison, Jacksonville State should be in the game. The schools that, you know, apparently are still wanting to see a couple more steps taken before they do fully commit to this game, schools like Notre Dame, like Wisconsin, like Tulane, who at the, you know, base interest must have their their athletes paid and compensated for inclusion in this game. So while they're not against it, they just haven't officially signed. But you know, first and foremost is we get a July date, or at least a, a window of July 2023. How excited are we for this new game? I mean, it, it actually is coming back. I'm I obviously I love this game. This is what all three of us I think grew up playing. I it was you know appointment. trip to Best Buy or wherever every single summer when the new game came out, you know, following the cover uh, athlete polls on Twitter and Instagram, it 
it's amazing. It, it, it really does grow the college sport. It really does grow college football. You've seen video games have a huge impact on growing the popularity of sports. So what I'm just talking about, not wanting this to just be a regional regional sport, right? We don't want just people in the Southeast and Midwest to care about this. Now, yeah, we get a video game back that's going to be distributed all over the country, all over the world, where kids can play with their local team. They can play with their favorite team from across the country. And I say kids, it's going to be a lot of adults <laughs> and our age uh, really buying this a lot too. But man, I, I'm pumped. I, I just hope and pray that I, I know I'm probably personally going to be disappointed with some aspects of the game just because I'm so excited <laughs> about it. But it'll be great to have a new update. And I think it'll be awesome too to actually have the players' names and not just, you know, oh, QB I'm playing with Tony Manziel, but it's QB number two, and he's throwing yeah. to Mike Evans, wide receiver number 13, wink, wink. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. I, I It's long overdue. Like I said, I'm still – Mitch and I are still actively playing a game that came out in 2013, so we're ready. We're, we're excited for a new updated version. Right. I'm – I will say I'm super pumped, but I have a little bit of reservations just because I don't trust EA personally. Yeah. I, I don't trust them as a studio to get that done. Um, I kind of have this little sneaking suspicion that they're just going to kind of repackage some of the Madden stuff and just give it to us that way. Please I'm hoping that's not true. I'm hoping that's not true. I, I hope that they have a massive team with lots of developers. They're going to put lots of effort into this thing. But I'm just a little bit nervous that we're going to get a repurposed Madden um, and just kind of get that little number. I am going to be happy to be wrong, but with the sooner start time, you know, because it's coming out, what, like next summer? That's pretty quick on a turnaround um, for something that, I mean, maybe they've had it running in the background for like a let's wait until we get ready for this and let's start working on this sort of in the in the hopes that we can get it done someday. But on the off chance that that's not the way that that is, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. But if it's the way that we're all hoping that it comes out, I'll be more than happy to, to have this thing next summer. So, And the thing, like, the only thing that it cannot look like Madden in any way, shape, or form is the physics engine, right? Yeah, the, that's the, the physics issue. engine, the gameplay motion for, for Madden has been one of the worst things in video games for the last really several really years. Bad. I mean, it has gone from Madden used to be the pinnacle of sports video games. Didn't matter if it was MLB, NBA, what have you. I mean, Madden was at the top of the heap. And as we've gone along, these physics engines that they have developed are just so unnatural. Guys, you know, the the characters in the game don't look human when they're moving. Somehow they've lost that just kind of natural sports motion. If it looks like Madden in that, you know, the graphics, it, you know, graphically similar presentation style, similar for me, that's fine. I think Madden looks fantastic. I think the, yeah, you know, sure. especially the way that they're um, including the, the analytics, the kind of the next gen stats with Amazon and the NFL. And obviously that's an NFL partnership. So th- that won't make the, the jump over, but you, you get what I'm saying. The presentation right. style is fine. And, you know, to their credit from what we've heard, EA is doing the due diligence with all these schools, getting audio files, getting, uh, you know, detailed explanations of traditions, of game day atmospheres, even down to weekly helmet stickers. So if, you know, 3Tech Tech has a specific helmet sticker for homecoming, allegedly EA is trying to make sure that that helmet sticker would be on the helmet during that week of the season, not during any other week of the season. It's not going to be there on the home opener, but it might be there for senior day, which would be epic. Like that's the kind of investment. That's the kind of authentic experience that we're looking for. For me, all of that seems very, very doable for EA. Um, Especially now, to be honest, that Battlefield has absolutely flopped and they've lost the FIFA contract. So it's not like... They, they have be, a lot of incentive to go all in on this. All in. And all they should have plenty of people that are free because they're not doing too much else. So uh, yeah. let's make sure we put plenty of effort into this one and not just give us a, a garbage product that we have to pay to win later. Well, yeah. and yeah, that that that's a whole nother concern. That's uh, a whole other yeah. pay to play. But um, th- 
they've been they've been teasing this for a, f- a couple of years now, so I'm hopeful that yeah, there's Going been back a to lot the of last year. background playing NCAA 14 a lot recently. Um, they really wouldn't have to tweak that much on the actual gameplay. I don't think. I think the Mitch might disagree with me on this, but like the gameplay feels very realistic to me way more realistic than the most recent madden games where they're just way too into the technology that they have in their hands but you know i i can run a read option and i can actually run a read option reading the defensive end right it's not gonna like just twitch out and make a unrealistic play i Mm -hmm. if i beat him i'm gonna beat him right and they really wouldn't have to tweak that much to make it, I mean, you want to update the graphics. There's a few things like uh, Mitch and I joke all the time. Like you stumble, you make a catch five yards past the first down, but if you stumble back a little bit, they spot you six yards behind where yeah, you made where you come to rest. <laughs> but um, yeah, they wouldn't have to change that much to make it update it, modernize it, make it more realistic. I'm I'm excited to see what kind of features they put into dynasty like will there be a huge transfer portal will there be an nil component will there be boosters uh constantly um trying to recruit your athletes and you have to manage that as the coach of the team? That, would be, that would be interesting to me i mean maybe that's, that's just in the miami version of the game right in miami and technically them <laughs> and louisville all have you know guys just watching practice and scouting for their uh right. for their nil deals but um every other team doesn't have to worry about that um yeah. <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's exciting and i think the the amount that the game has changed in the 10 years that since ncaa 14 has come out i i'm really excited so well, and, I, I have high hopes. Maybe I'm naive, but no, I'm right hopes. there with you. I, like I said, the only question for me will be the gameplay, which obviously is the vast majority of the experience for us. But I will right. say, I will say, and we've seen this happen in years past where companies have taken advice. They've taken kind of the mojo from the modding community. So, I mean, this is a total rabbit trail, but College Football Revamped is a modding community that has entirely reskinned NCAA 14. Doesn't matter if you play on PS3, on Xbox 360, or now they've actually made it available on PC as well, where you just go in, you download like an emulator, and you can play NCAA on uh, your PC, provided your your game can run the heart or the the software. But they've completely reskinned everything they've gone all out on jerseys on equipment changes on stadium updates all of these things have been completely revamped quote unquote and it's it's a way more fun experience to play that than it is currently madden i mean you and i Trey, like playing ncaa 14 more than we like playing madden this revamped version you know i mean Honestly, would it would it leave a incredibly sour taste in people's mouths if this you know EA College Football twenty three doesn't satisfy all of our requirements and we have to go back to a modded version of a game that will be you know literally ten years old by that point? Yeah, that would suck. But at the same time, I think EA is also incentivized to figure out what is doing well in these circles and make sure that comes over to the new game as well. Yeah, and. Obviously, guys, if you if you don't like video game talk, you can hit that fast forward button on your <laughs> on your uh, on your podcast thing. But um, yeah, they they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They they really did a good job in the early 2010s of making it, and they updated it every year. I think that was the thing that I loved about yeah. NCA 14 over Madden is hey, this new offensive concept comes out like the spread option was evolving constantly year to year. And mm-hmm. NCAA 14 would reflect that. You could go into Oregon's playbook and you could see crazy plays that, you know, hadn't been around very long and they were updating that constantly. So they they do have a lot of incentive. You guys are right. I'm hopeful. I am, you know, I will be buying it next year. I will be making sure that I'm on whatever wait list I need to be on. And so I'm excited. 
I, I mean, I obviously, really... I think we're all buying the game. I, I think we're just sitting here saying, <laughs> well, I just hope EA doesn't flub this thing because they have a bit of a track record. But uh, yes, excited for sure. Maybe slightly cautious over here. The last thing that I'll include on this, um, the expected financial compensation to schools uh, for this game to happen. So as Matt Brown writes, quote, each school's guarantee is determined by their, quote, tier, according to the 2021 memo. The school's tier is based on the number of AP top 25 finishes over a 10-year period, a period that will include the 2022 college football season. According to the memo, those tier amounts are tier one, $104,000. Tier two is $62,000. Tier three is $41,000. And tier four is $10,000. So basically, depending on how relevant you've been as a program over the last decade, your school will be financially compensated a base amount. Now, there are other uh, collectives. There are other, you know, bargaining agreements that are going into place that will help individual players benefit from their likeness being included in the game. But those are the base set tier amounts right now, which, you know, I know that a lot of tier four teams are going to grumble that when they're not even making $11,000 at the outset of this game. But at the same time, I think there's probably a lot of thought and a lot of math that's gone into compensating all of these schools X amount of money based on, you know, how relevant you've been. And, you know, for Jacksonville state, it's, you know, maybe harsh, but true. Like you're going to be brand new to the FBS realm. You're going to be brand new to kind of national relevancy, if you will. You know, there's no reason that you should be financially compensated over, I don't know, in Indiana who has had some flashes, but you know, maybe hasn't, hasn't really done much um, over the last decade. So there will be DLC as a part of the game. Of course, we know that's going to be, uh, you know, a part of any video game that comes out. I hope you know, like like you guys were saying earlier, hope, hopefully it doesn't ruin the experience. But uh, anyway, we will we will. Better not it. make me pay to play as mascots, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. That's right. one of my favorite features. So if you're making me pay to get certain mascot packages, we're gonna have some issues, EA. That's right. All right, well, guys, let's wrap up the podcast with this. We we put out a tweet uh, on on Twitter and then eventually put it on Instagram as well. Trey, you and I were talking the other day, and you had said gosh, wouldn't it be fun if we did something for week zero? Wouldn't it be fun if we went to El Paso, for instance? If we went to the Sun Bowl to watch UNT and UTEP play in UTEP's home opener? And initially, it was kind of like, ah, I mean, I don't know. That's a long road trip from, from where we are here in Dallas. But then the more we thought about it, the more doable it became, uh, the more likely that we can make this happen. And so we put this idea out on Twitter. And I'll tell you what, UNT and UTEP fan bases loved it. Uh, we had UNT fans cheering us on saying, hey, root for the Mean Green when you get out there. We have UTEP fans like Ant inviting us to their tailgate when we get out there. Also, shout out UTEP Zay uh, for his invitation, just you know, general uh, cordiality. Uh, and, and, you know, basically saying, Hey, you come out to our town, we're going to take care of you. We, we want to show love to outsiders. I mean, guys, it doesn't get any better than that. Does it? Not at all, man. It, it, I, I was throwing it out there as, you know, I, I love, I love a good road trip. And if you're not familiar, I think a lot of our listeners are obviously in Texas, but we do have some national and international audience. And so, we're not just driving, you know, right up the road here. It would be about a nine and a half hour drive in the, <laughs> in the state, um, across a time zone even. And man, I, we're going to make this happen guys. Yep. This is uh, <laughs> or August 27th, North Texas at UTEP week zero at the Sun Bowl. UTEP is hyping this game up. They're going for the Sun Bowl sellout and, I'm excited. We we've emailed the we've emailed the football staff at uh, UTEP, and we're trying to get some media credentials. So uh, if, if you're a UTEP <laughs> fan or a UNT fan, just help help us flood out uh, Drew Bonnie's uh, email. You can find it on yeah. UTEP. I'm not going to just blast it out there, but you know, help us out. Say it. Say it, uh, send him an email. Let him know that you want to see the three tech at the Sun Bowl. That's right. And uh, if not, you know, we're going to be looking for uh, the best ticket deal out there as well. But yeah, I think 
this road trip is happening. I am all in on making this happen. I, I think, uh, I don't know if I tweeted it out or maybe I just texted you guys. I've talked about my slight helmet addiction right now as I build a, a background, a home office <laughs> background. UNT and UTEP helmets will be purchased ahead of time. Uh, so they will be officially in my possession by the time that we make this road trip happen. But yeah, I mean, just shout out to to the folks on, on Twitter.com uh, this last week. SMU Nation has been very, very supportive as well. I tell you what, they responded to... Uh, yeah, Trey's showing off his SMU shirt. They responded well to uh, a post that we had about SMU getting ready to run the New American, hypothetically, uh, as Cincinnati makes their exit UCF as well, uh, and Houston goes to the Big 12. So tell you what, it might be the pony show uh, come 2023. Yeah, we're, we're excited. We obviously want to be a show that covers everything great about college football. And one of the great things is these – almost looked over schools it's not just the power five at the top level and we we want to cover all those intriguing storylines utep obviously was an amazing story last year with their resurgence and making a bull run and we're excited we want to be right at the center of that so we want to talk about those teams we want to talk about those storylines and we're gonna prove how committed we are to that by going all the way to el paso so i'm excited we're we're We've talked a lot about going on a lot of different trips and going out and making it to a bunch of different games. And, you know, obviously maybe UTEP isn't the easiest drive for us, but what a place to start off. A little three trip, three tech road trip. Say that five times fast. A little three tech road trip uh, heading out there to El Paso, just having a good time. So, uh, yeah, lots of love for the Mean Green, too. Not trying to overlook them, the little bit of the up the road for them, uh, for us. But, uh, yeah, no, excited to head out there, make that trip happen, and uh, get some details. So, uh, yeah, UTEP fans, tell us where we need to go, where we need to eat, and all that good stuff. That's right, yeah. Any recommendations for when we are out there in El Paso would be uh, certainly much appreciated. Uh, fellas, great work today. Fun podcast, as always. Uh, excited to see how recruiting continues to evolve here in 2023, where some of these Next big dominoes are, are getting ready to fall. We've got several quarterbacks who are approaching their final, you know, final quote-unquote decisions uh, here before we get to the regular season. And, uh, you know, month of June, almost over. We are just a couple of weeks away from starting our preview series. I'm pumped. I hope you guys are as well. We will, uh, we will let you guys know when that series starts um, just as soon as, uh, as as we get a little bit closer. But guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Three Techni- uh, three Techniques. Excuse me. Thank you guys so much for spending part of your day with us. Until next time, so long, everybody. Woo!